0: scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Life. Scores! 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 Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now here's your host, Ted Ramey. of the Sharks net, collapsing down there, a combination of Megna and Malosh. They chip it away with Cogliano's help and clear it back out. Kairou takes it, gives it away there, but Valser's fans on the pass up. It's off the stick of Falk. Here comes Couture. Two on one, moving in. He scores! Logan Couture stole the puck away from Justin Falk. Move- down the wing, had a mini two-on-one break in the offensive zone, and with 2:44 left, he took a look to his right, snapped the puck to his left, and it beat Hofer to make it 2-1 Sharks, and that is a gigantic shorthanded goal for Logan Couture. No games, you know, no games are given here in uh, in the NHL. I mean, yeah, we had some opportunities, and we, we let a couple, you know, opportunities um, slip away. We had we had early in the game there. We had. Um, you know, we got one on the power play, and then we had a couple other looks at, uh, that didn't go in. So, And you're fighting, and you give up the shorthand goal. We get a shorthanded goal. So it was just one of those games that we, we gotta can't forget that uh, St. Louis is a pretty good hockey club. And um, when they got the lead, they um, they shut her down pretty good. They didn't give us a lot after that. So, yeah, a little frustrating that we didn't, um, you know, get maybe two on, on the power play early on. That might have been the difference. But um, sometimes that happens, and, you know, our guys, you know, we do have uh, you know uh, a different lineup, but guys, you know they, they competed. It just wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't good enough to get uh, two points.
1: All right, good morning everybody. Welcome to Morning tide. I, I gotta start this off by going big picture because on my drive home from the game last night, I was feeling a little bit of frustration because I was like, man, that was a winnable game. The Sharks let that slip away. You know, that was a night where Hill needed to be better. That was a night where some of the things that we've been watching them excel with, these inexperienced players, where some of that inexperience came back to bite them a little bit. And I was just I was just a little bit down. And then I thought about it a little bit, and I kind of said to myself, Ted, you you need to look at this more realistically. Because right now, the San Jose Sharks are in third place in the Pacific Division. In first place is Edmonton. They are 8-1. I don't think any of us are surprised by that. Calgary Flames, six and one. I don't think any of us are that surprised by that. They also have three overtime losses. The Sharks weigh in at six wins and four losses through ten games. If I had told you that on October 15th, that the Sharks will be six and four after 10 games, you would take that without a doubt. If I also told you that two of those wins had come when you were missing seven regulars and the head coach due to COVID-19, you would probably think, my God, this is great. This This is a dream. And the thing is, all of that's correct. All of that is the accurate take to have because the Sharks should be very, very pleased with themselves that they've won two out of the last three games in which they've been down all these regular players. And it's not like it's just any players we're talking about. Talking about Eric Carlson. We're talking about Timo Meyer. We're talking about Kevin LeBanc. We're talking about huge players. And obviously, that list goes on. I'm not naming everybody, but those are huge, huge players. So while you may have woken up yesterday morning and wanted to bury your head in the sand because everybody was talking about Jack Eichel going to a certain franchise in the state of Nevada, the Sharks have a lot to be proud of right now. That's not to say that they should not be disappointed with the loss last night because I'm disappointed with the loss last night. I think that Logan Couture was disappointed with the loss, that everybody seemed to acknowledge that they needed to be better in that instance. But I think that they're also acknowledging that, hey, this has gone a lot better than it could have. The loss of all these players could have sent them spiraling. That could have been three losses in a row last night. And you could be looking at a very different situation. You could be talking about a Shark season that has started to slip away, as opposed to the fact that for the duration, while they wait to get all these guys back, they are saying, hey, these guys have been able to get us in games. These guys have been able to help us get wins. These guys have been able to help us accomplish what we want to do in terms of our season-long goal. And I don't think that should be overlooked in the slightest even if there were deficiencies on the ice last night, even if the power play is clearly lacking weapons, even if it is not a high caliber of product as we have seen them be over the course of the entire season, A, and B, over the course of these many three games with all these younger and inexperienced players, it, it's still something to look at and say, hey, this gives me hope. This gives us something to build on. This gives us something that we can look at and say, okay, we can have success for the time being, even if it's not every night. Again, winning two out of three in this scenario is not terrible. You're two and two on this homestand. You have one more coming up on Saturday night. If you win three and lose two on a five-game homestand in which four of those games you were without several regulars due to COVID, again, you're walking back to that and you're telling yourself this was a massive success In light of the adversity, which was a problem last year that Bob Bugner routinely addressed. In light of the talent deficiency on the ice, which last year made its head much more prominently known and was very much an issue when you watch the Sharks, they just didn't stack up. I mean, these these are huge issues that the Sharks this year are managing a whole hell of a lot better than they were a year ago in what we are considering a less than ideal situation. So 6-4 and right now, after 10 games, and three of those games have been where you have a massive amount of players missing due to COVID. I think overall you have to be pretty good, or feel pretty good, I mean, even if that one was frustrating last night. And here's what I was acknowledging last night while I was watching the game, and I think that that's right off the bat that, Reimer up to this point of the season has been the better goalie and that I, I feel that if I was to make the choice right now, I would want Reimer starting more games than not. Now, that's my point of view and my point of view alone. You might tell Bob Bugner that this is what Ted Raimi thinks and he would laugh himself out of the room or maybe he would say, yeah, you know what? He's been the hotter hand and we've got to ride with it right now. I I, I don't know. That, That's just what, what I'm acknowledging last night after watching Hill's performance in which he was not at his best. But Hill's also had some other performances where he has been at his best. So I think that last night, watching Hill get beat on a couple of soft goals, it reminded you more of what the problems that we saw previously with the Sharks where The Sharks would get a goal, and then they would allow a response. And the Sharks would get a goal and allow a response, and get a goal and allow a response. A little bit of a pour on. You see the shoulders slump a little bit. And that would be more of the definition of a game for the Sharks. And I think that that wasn't what we were seeing last night. I don't think the Sharks got too down on themselves. I just think it was a reminder of what happened previously where you didn't have your goalie have his best night and didn't maybe give you the best chance to win. Again, that's not all on Hill. I just think that Hill and Reimer up to this point of the season had made the big stops when they needed to. Last night, I think that there were big stops the Sharks needed, and Hill didn't make those, but it wasn't, again, all on him. There were defensive breakdowns. There were miscues. There was more of that inexperience shining through for the Sharks across the ice last night in the offensive zone, the defensive zone. To overall team communication, you could see that it just wasn't as sharp. And I think that that's, well, it's a team game, right? You can't just blame Hill. You can't just blame Reimer. You can't just blame Burns. You can't just blame one of the Merkleys. You can't just blame whoever it's going to be. It's all of these factors together. But watching Hill not have his best night last night, it did remind me of what we saw over the past couple of years where you just weren't able to get the stops when you needed it. And I still have faith in Hill and Reimer or whoever it's going to be that they're going to be able to come back the next time and have a good performance. Whether that's Reimer in the next game or that's Hill, I'm not walking into that thinking to myself, "Uh uh-oh, this could get ugly. Because I did have those thoughts last year in the last couple of years, you know, with the Sharks goaltending. It didn't give you a lot of confidence. And I think that for the Sharks right now, they need to be giving their players as much confidence as possible because you have so much youth and inexperience out there on the ice. You need those guys to feel like their mistakes won't be punished. And that was what I was seeing last night when I was watching the Sharks. It was like if they made a mistake, they were being punished. They were giving up looks right in front of the net. And I think that's the other part of the narrative is that Hill was put in terrible situations at multiple times last night and did make those stops, which made the softer goals that he let in that much more damning. And it was frustrating to watch, and I'm sure that Hill would agree with that if we had him... Right here and right now, and we'll get into some of those post game comments a little bit later. But that was just something I was seeing. It was like we can't give up these looks, even if Hill is stopping them, because it has a cumulative wear on your goalie and on your team, where you've got them on the heels and they're always feeling like they're one step away from, you know, giving up a game, you know, winning goal or the go ahead goal or game tying goal. It just wasn't a whole lot of consistency in terms of defensive performance. So, in addition to Hill not having his best game that was also impacted by the Sharks looking a little bit more disjointed than they had the previous two games. And the Blues are a good team. Let's not kid ourselves. They got off to a hot start with a 6-1-1 record heading into that game last night against the Sharks, and now they are 7-1-1. That does not happen by accident. They also had going into that game. I know that after the game was plus 15, so they had a plus 13 differential going into the game. And yes, it was the second night of a back-to-back, but it was also a Blues team that was coming off of a loss, and I'm sure they wanted to get back into the swing of things, and they had extra motivation, and they're a team of professionals, whereas the Sharks are a team of, yes, professionals, but also it's not the norm. I mean... This a year ago for the Sharks would have meant they were probably shut down for a bit, right? I mean, if this if this had happened last year, the Sharks would have not been playing these games and they would have made them up later, but the Sharks right now are getting experience and adding to their organizational depth, and I'm choosing to view it in that frame of mind as opposed to thinking, man, these guys without a lot of experience are being put in a very bad situation. No, I'm saying these guys were drafted for a reason. These players have been developed for a reason. And now, through circumstances that we consider abnormal for every other time period, except for the last couple of years of the NHL, they are getting an opportunity to refine their skills to be better and add to the overall organizational depth. All that said, last night was to me the night where most of the inexperience really started being felt, where you really looked and saw just some sloppy play, Getting away from the disciplined, effort filled game that we saw in the first two. And it got, listen, against Edmonton, it was really tight, it was really energetic, it was really disciplined. And then against the Sabres, it was really energetic, and you had some great individual performances from a guy like Tomas Hurdle. Yeah, you got away with a little bit more sloppiness. Last night, when you combined the overall sloppiness on the ice, some lack of communication, some disjointed play, some not amazing net minding, it added up to a loss. And I think that if you made that stay at bay until the third game under these conditions, you're viewing this as a win-win scenario. But that still doesn't mean that you don't have to correct it, because we don't know how long this is going to last. I know that there is a time frame of asymptomatic positive testing and where you can get to the negative, but if you've got the symptoms, if you're dealing with COVID, you, know, you can't come back right away, and we don't know how long the Sharks are going to be without some of these players, and we don't know that when they are off the COVID list if they're going to be able to come back and be the same player that they were before they fell ill. That's part of the equation as well. So to me, the task at hand for the San Jose Sharks is to figure out how they're gonna bounce back from what they did last night and figure out how they can dial it back to what they did against first Winnipeg and then Buffalo, where you really focused on the discipline and you maximize the energy and youthful vigor that powered them to two high quality wins. That to me should be priority number one. And also make sure that you've just gotta have these guys learning in real time how to be better on the power play in particular. There was a power play in the third period when it was a 4-3 game and the Sharks had their opportunity and the power play just looked disjointed because you don't have LeBanc out there, because you don't have Eric Carlson, you don't have Timo Meyer. You go on and on and on. It's not the normal power play. And when you were watching that and the lack of chance creation and the inability to really get good shots uh, at the net, you said to yourself, okay, they are missing these guys. But again, this comes back to the idea of you need to get these guys up to speed in a hurry. You need to have them understanding the power play, their individual roles. There were a couple times watching that power play in the third period where I was like, man, this this power play right now is the biggest of the game and they've never looked more lost than what they are at this specific moment on the power play over these past three games. And that's a byproduct of what's been going on with the Sharks and COVID over the past couple of days, but it's also something that needs to be rectified. And that's why you have good coaching staff. I mean, you're very, very lucky that you have somebody as talented as John McClain as part of that staff who can step in, A, and then B also has the ability to work on the power play. That is a huge factor for the Sharks. They need to maximize, and they need to maximize it in a hurry. Again, you don't know when you're getting these players back, A, and B. For the time being, you're working with the talent that you have out there. The the energy is great. The vibe is great. The reality is very sobering. But that doesn't mean you don't have to work at maximizing it. And that's that's the task at hand for the Sharks right now. It's maximizing what they have with these younger players until the cavalry comes. And you get those reinforcements or you get back to normal however you want to view it. And again, this is a two-way street because not only are you getting the most out of the players that you currently have available to you, but you're also adding to their depth and experience, which is going to pay dividends for the Barracuda and down the line. This is an organizational wide crisis that is happening right now when it comes to the San Jose Sharks NHL team. This is impacting everything. Thankfully it's gone pretty well up to this point, but this, well it's touching everything right now and there's no other way to accurately view it. This is impacting all levels of the San Jose Sharks organization and right now it's gone pretty well, but you gotta figure out how you're gonna make sure it goes well for you in the game Saturday night. And then when you're back out on the road and then you're working through very difficult environments, it's one thing when you're on the penalty penalty kill and you have your home crowd cheering for you. It's another thing when you're on the road in a hostile environment and you don't have the crowds behind you and you don't have the buzz of the building at your back. That's when it gets real for a lot of these young players. And that's why Saturday night's game becomes that much more critical with everything that is going on around the San Jose Sharks right now. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to get into some of the post game sound, including what I thought were some really thoughtful comments from Logan Couture about everything that has been happening with the team and the opportunities that these younger players have been getting. You're on Morning Tide.
2: That to do list you have needs one more thing chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice cold Coors light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly.
0: Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Lighting.
2: Um, I don't think we played our best. I think, um, you know, we could have jumped out to a bigger lead, lead off the start there. We had all those power plays and their team that's coming off a game last night. So we got two or three off that hop there. I think we put ourselves in a better spot, but uh, still ha- had that lead. Um, I think we, we got away from defending for a bit. Uh, their third goal, I think, it was their fourth goal. Left the guy alone in front of the net, <clears throat> net with no one really near him. So. Got to be tighter in the D zone.
1: That is a very practical Logan Couture bringing us back here in on Morning Tide, talking about the fact that the Sharks, you know, could have capitalized more early when there were three members of the Blues in the bin and they were only only able to capitalize on one power play goal during that entire stretch. And yeah, it would have been nice if they had been able to score more there. But at the same time, when I watched that power play and especially late in the game, it just didn't look very good. It didn't look very cohesive. It didn't look like they were all on the same page. And that's a byproduct of the reality that's been going on with the Sharks right now. They are with a lot of new faces and guys that have not all played together as a total cohesive unit ever before. Three games to try and make it work. That's thats not enough. But I tell you what, it does does give me great hope for when the Sharks do get guys back up on the ice. Because having Timo Meyer back and Kevin LeBanc back and Eric Carlson back, those three guys in particular, it really makes me feel good about where these power play units could be again. Uh, but, of course, that's uh, you know a, a topic that we'll have to wait and see when those guys do come back. Uh, but here was Couture after the game when he was asked about any of that inexperience showing up.
2: It's going to happen. I mean... These guys, the guys that are out, they're not just going to magically start coming back here. You know, next game, you know, we hope so, but I don't think that's the way this thing works. Um, so it's going to be like this for a little bit, and we got to deal with it. You know, the guys that have stepped in and and played their first, second, third NHL games have have played well, and they've given it all they they have. And um, you know, the veterans, we can do a better job protecting those guys and um, you know, playing out of our end and their end a little bit more. I thought that's something that we could have done a little bit better is play in the off in the offensive zone. Um, we're a little bit on our heels tonight.
1: I mean, Couture is right about all of that. He does acknowledge that you've got guys playing in their first, second, third NHL games, and he talks about the veterans needing to be better because what does that do for him as a leader if he comes out and really starts saying, oh, these guys who have no experience in the NHL and we're not expecting to be counted upon, you know, less or about two weeks into an NHL season, no, they're not playing well enough. That doesn't do anything to improve the situation. That doesn't do anything to make them play better. He's handling this exactly the right way as a captain should he's looking at it from a a very very clear viewpoint and trying to say hey these guys have been playing well they lack experience we need to tighten it up in a couple of areas we can be better the veterans can be better we can all be better he's saying and doing all the right things right now and I think that for Logan Couture that's a big part of this battle because I'm sure there is a part of him that wants to say you cannot make that mistake again. I don't care if you're young. I don't care if you're inexperienced. Whatever it is, you can't do that. He also recognizes that there is nothing to be gained by that, which I definitely appreciate and hope that he will continue to stick to that plan. Logan Couture is very good at knowing when to press the buttons and knowing when to lay off. Here's Couture when asked whether or not they let one slip
2: away. Yeah, I I feel like we did. I mean, our, our four losses, three of them, we've given ourselves a chance to to get points, and they always hurt when you don't get a point or push a game to overtime and try and get to um, you know, the Boston game, the Nashville game, and then this one, obviously, the Montreal one. We, we weren't in that one, but uh, got to learn to keep playing our game, um, defend hard. That's why we've been successful so far this year is defending hard and boxing out in front, not giving up chances in the inner slot, and tonight uh, we gave up too many chances there.
1: Yeah, they did give up too many chances right in front of the net in the inner slot. They did get away from some of the team defense they had been playing more uh, cohesively prior to this. And what I've talked about all year long is that not letting the negativity become a trend. And whether that's going to be the younger guys on defense or whether that is going to be uh, the play of the netminder or whether that is going to be a little bit of a slump of the shoulders. Not that I really saw much of that last night, but it was just... You know, I think you could see a little bit of, okay, this one is not going our way. And that's part of the learning experience of these guys getting into hockey. They do not have that experience to fall back on in times of difficulty, in times of adversity. I mean, that's one of the things, Bob Bugner's been very clear about wanting this team to have response to adversity. We go back to last year. That was one of the things that he harped on early in the season when the team was struggling. He says, we need to figure out how we're going to respond to adversity. And right now, for these young guys who have mostly played at the AHL level or have only had very small stints at the NHL level, they don't have a great reservoir to draw from. And that in and of itself can be something great to have there to you'd be able to look back at and say, "Okay, I have been in tough situations like this. I know the last time I did A, B and C, which yielded results X, Y and Z. Right now, a lot of these Sharks don't have that. They're trying to come to grips with everything that's been happening to them over the past couple of days, where suddenly they're being asked to do things at an NHL level, maybe ahead of schedule, maybe sooner than they expected. And for the most part, they've been performing pretty well. Uh, Here was that question when it was asked uh, to Nick Merkley about what he feels up to this point.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's a little bit faster-paced game, and I think it's obviously... um, a different game as well. You got, uh, sometimes you have more time with the puck. Um, guys are in the right spots all the time. Um, guys are better at making plays. So, um, yeah, just those little things.
1: So that's Nick Merkley who did score a goal, who is acknowledging the differences between the AHL and the NHL level. What did acting head coach John McClain say when he was asked about the inexperience, maybe showing up a little bit on the ice last night?
0: Sure, it sure it does. And and that happens and and um you know guys uh you know their efforts there, so you, you can't get frustrated with that. But um, you know, how do you get experience? You get experience going through um, you know, situations like we, we did tonight and um you know how to play under that pressure or under that um you know uh you know line after line they kept coming. They they make good decisions with the puck. St. Louis when they have a lead, and that's something that, um, you know, we can learn from uh, as a group.
1: And I don't want to focus on the obvious, but you've got to use these all as learning experiences because, again, you don't know when the Cavalry is going to be back or when, if they are back, when they are going to be able to be the players they were. You've got to figure out how you can teach these young players as quickly as possible, how they can make themselves into NHL caliber players game in game out. And for two out of three games, they've been pretty darn good. But again, it is part of the reality that they are not quite where they need to be now. The other question is, did any mental defeat set in amongst these players when they ran into their first bit of adversity in the NHL after having won the two previous games?
2: No, I think it was pretty positive. I mean, I'm not on the back end, so I don't, I'm not, you know, beside them on every shift. But uh, the bench has been very positive this year. Um, you know, guys have been building each other up. It's uh, it's a tough league. I mean, there's gonna be ups and downs for, for guys that are that are new to this uh, this league. But um, you just gotta gotta ride that wave, and I think they've done a good job so far.
1: That's Logan Couture, and I think that one of the things that he pointed out with regards to the effort, he's right. The effort was always there over the course of the game, the execution was not and that is the difference between an established NHL veteran and guys playing in their first, second and third NHL games. And this goes back to the idea of the team needing to figure out how to maximize what they can get out of these younger and more inexperienced players. But it also, it's not just about getting the most out of these guys, it's also about looking at them and saying like, hey these guys have a lot of raw skill that we can use a guy like Jasper Weatherby who has been up for the entirety of the year I mean you love what you see out of him
2: yeah he stepped in and um, played very well through 10 games um, you know not easy to come from from college right into the NHL um, but he's done a great job especially at the center position I mean very difficult when you got to take face offs every night against uh, against men and um, he's, he's got that build though where he's a bigger guy he's strong and he can play that uh, that strong down-low game. Um, he's been very impressive.
1: That's more from the captain, Logan Couture, talking about Weatherby and what he's seen out of all those guys. And I think that, again, your reaction should be positive up to this point. I know that that was a frustrating loss last night. You felt like it was winnable. You felt like there were self-inflicted wounds. You felt like Hill needed to be better. You felt like the communication wasn't great. Uh, it all It's all valid. It's, it's all totally valid in terms of what you have been able to see up to this point of the year. Aiden Hill, the goalie in last night's loss, was asked about if the lack of players was catching up with the Sharks.
0: I mean, yeah, we've had a bit of a lack of practice and stuff lately, but uh, I feel like, yeah, we just got away from our identity a bit. Uh, I feel like we need to have a little more communication on the ice sometimes, settle it down a bit. But I think uh, just, yeah, we just got to talk more and uh, stick to our identity. It was a little too uh, run and gun for what we like tonight. And yeah, that's the result.
1: So there you are. You identify the problems. You see the issues. You know where to go from here you've got to make it more of your reality in the next game. And I don't think it's anything that the Sharks can't rectify in a very short amount of time because I do think that the talent that the Sharks have within the organization is pretty darn good. And I think that if you put yourself in a position like the Sharks have been, where they have talent to draw upon, even if it is unrefined, you'd rather be in that situation without any than without any talent at all. Now, the Devils come in They are 4-3-1 as of Friday morning, and you feel like this is a winnable game for the Sharks if they play a cleaner game, if they get a high-quality start from Hill and or Reimer, if they don't get away from what has been so successful for them up to this point of the season. It's all part of what the Sharks are having to do. But again, at this point, you're 2-2 on this homestand. Three of those games have been without exceptionally important players. And at this point, you should feel pretty good about being in third place in the Pacific. But that doesn't mean that you can't get better, that you can't improve, that's all on the table. And again, heading into this game against New Jersey on Saturday night, Sharks are being put in a situation where they have a lot to prove once again. All right, that wraps up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all Sunday morning for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off.
0: You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Garibana gets a pass here at the near side from Hurdle. Return to Tomas Hurdle, now to the slot, Burk, Shoot shoots, star! What? Blue's nothing.